always have an issue. What you finna do? What you finna do? What you what you finna do? What you finna do? Hi guys, it's Natasha. I'm back with another podcast. It's been a few weeks and there's reasons for that. Y'all know it's like award season and it's my life. I just, I'm trying to get it together and it's trying to juggle and figure everything out in life, personal, professional, and things got crazy, but now we're back with like the person who can juggle it all. Maybe she can give me (laughs) some time management skills. Um, So I have a special guest with us today. And it's Miss Lala Anthony. Hey, everybody. Hi, how are you? Yes. <laughs> Finally, we can sit down and talk. So I've been knowing of Lala, of course, since I started the site 11 years ago. But wow. we've actually talked and chit-chatted, phone, text, email. You came to my party yes. a few years ago. Yes. And we've been meaning to like just sit and have dinner and chill, have coffee. And we haven't done that. You're never here when I want to do something. I'm not here when you I when know. you hit me up. And it's like, okay, whatever. Let's make it happen. <laughs> well, I'm glad to be here yeah. today. This is really cool. This is a really, really cool podcast. This is awesome. Yes. Congrats. And we are here at Samsung 837. Y'all, y'all know how much we love Samsung. Um, the technology playground here at the three-story beautiful building in the Meatpacking mm-hmm. District, downtown Manhattan. And I'm um, using the podcast studio and having some fun. Nice. Yeah. So the radio queen herself. (laughs) See, this is what I want to do with Lala because, I mean, we all know people think they know everything about you. You know, the youngins, they think they know everything, (laughs) but I don't think they know everything. And I want to kind of talk about your career from like kind of get to know you through how you got through the ranks in your career. So you started off, I mean, early 2000s, like you were a teenager when Mm -hmm. you got an internship at Hot 97. I want to talk about how you made the leap from there. Like, this is truly started from the bottom, y'all. Like, an internship <laughs> to the the conglomerate that you're becoming and that you Thank kind you. of already are. Thank you. So, I want to talk about all of that. It's fun. Okay. She's business goals. She's Memory hair goals. Lane. I like all of that. This She's beauty goals. She's <laughs> mom you. goals. She's all Thank those. So, we're going to we're gonna explore this. Thank you. So, okay. How did you go? How did you get that internship? And then how did you go from internship to first real job? Okay, so I was a huge Wu-Tang fan, huge, met the yeah. man. I mean, at the, even now, I was going to say at that time, but even now, who doesn't want to be with Method Man? Right. <laughs> so You ain't said nothing but a word. Huge Method Man <laughs> fan. And I remember he was doing... Why is he still fine at like 50? No, he's the finest. God. He is definitely the finest. Mm. Um, so he was doing an in-store, and I was a teenager in high school, and I was like, oh. It's a chance to actually meet the Wu-Tang Clan. This would be cool. Um, so I went to the store, and I saw that there were interns there putting up posters and doing all this stuff. And I remember stopping one of them and saying, like, what is it exactly that you guys do? And they were like, well, we interned for the radio station Hot 97. And they are like, it's a cool job. And I was like, I want to do that. But they said you had to be 18. Mm. And I think at that time I was 16. So I was like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? So I got someone's number to call. I lied about my age. And I went in for an <laughs> interview at that time with Shaka Zulu, who is Luda's manager mm-hmm. to this day. And he hired me to be his intern. So that's kind of how I, I started. Wow. But I was lying the whole time because I was saying I was 18 mm-hmm. and I was 16. And I was his intern. I worked. Mom, were you pissed at that? Um, <laughs> not really. Not really. No. Okay. I was doing in school and. Yeah, I would go to school okay. like for half the day and then okay. go the to the job. My, my mom's always supported me and Aww. everything. My mom just. Do, do your thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I did that. And then from there, I met Luda at the radio station. He was interning as well. And then him and I talked about doing, like, a radio show together. He had his own radio show eventually, and then they brought me on to be a part of that. So that's kind of how the radio thing started. And I was on the radio in Atlanta with Ludacris and a guy named Poon Daddy, which was, like, a really huge show in Atlanta. It was called Future Flavors. So I was in high school becoming very, very popular in Atlanta. So that's kind of how the radio thing happened. And then I'll never forget one day Luda came in and said, I'm really going to pursue this rap thing. Like we, mm. he was always rapping. He always took it serious. But he was like, I'm really going to go hard now and I'm going to leave the radio station. And I remember him sitting me down and saying, 
you have to find another job because once I leave, the show's going to fall apart. He oh. was the, the head of the yeah. show. So without him, there was no show. And I remember opening up a, a book of the top 10 markets for radio. And I sent my air check tape out, which is like an audition tape of you on the radio. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who I was sending it to. I just looked up the addresses and sent it to the program Old directors. School. Old school at the top 10 markets. I really didn't think anything of it. And then one day, Los Angeles called me. And said, was I interested in taking a job? I had never been to L.A. before. Mm-hmm. Never traveled to the West Coast. How old were you? I was 19. Who was in Howard? 19, 20. Yeah. Oh, you were in college at the time. I only went to Howard for a semester. Okay. <laughs> I feel, yeah. I feel you so on I that. I don't really talk about that. But my mom just blew it up. Um, yeah. So, no, I, I did go to Howard for a short time. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I'm majoring in communications and I already have a job in it. So it kind of didn't make sense to me. But shout out to Howard mm-hmm. because I did go there for a little while. Um, and then I was like 19 and then I moved to L.A. to be on the radio in L.A., which was the number two market. So going from Atlanta to L.A. at 19 years old was a really big Huge. jump for me. And I became really popular in L.A. as well. And then within like a year, I auditioned for MTV. And I got the job to come back and host Direct Effect with DJ Clue and then ultimately TRL, mm-hmm. which I feel like is where people started to really know who you are, know right. who I was and stuff like that. So that was how it went from radio to TV. Oh. Yeah, that's the first part to, of the story. Right. And I want people to understand that grind. Like you have to, we don't hire interns anymore. Right. Because, you know, I don't know what it is in 2017, really to start like 20. I want to say like five, six years ago, I was like, what is this new generation? Mm-hmm. You know, y'all did the work to get the internship somewhat. But then it's like they think that the job is handed to right. them, That's you know, true. after that. And it's like, no, the internship gets your foot in the door just so you can have access to try to get the job, you know. So learn a lesson from Lala. Yes. She sent out her with it was kind of like the equivalent of a reel. Right. You know? exactly. um, sent it out herself. To the connects that she could find by Googling. And right. before Googling was Googling. It was in a magazine. Right. <laughs> it was a magazine, like the program director's name and the address. And I just got these little envelopes and sent it out on my own. But yeah, interning back then, it was very different than now. I mean, very. we did everything. I remember changing Shaka's son's diapers. And what? that was part of my job as an intern. I did it all. And now Amir's like 20 years old or something like wow. that. Like it's so, so crazy. But there was no job that... We were too good for no job that we didn't do. I mean, we worked hard. And I remember sometimes I would work the overnight shift from 2 to 6 in the morning and get off and go right to school. There you go. And my mom would send my cousin with me so that driving back at 6 in the morning, we wouldn't fall asleep Mm -hmm. on the road. Like, nobody slept. It was was just work, school, work, school. But look how that affects you now. Yeah. So now you know how to grind without sleeping. And we're not advocating don't sleep, but hell, you got to do what you got to do. You got to do it. I, to by the way, I be. never sleep. This is a real thing. Oh, I, I know this. never sleep. My mom <laughs> was like, what time did you go to bed last night? I was like, I don't know, like two or three. I never sleep. My mind's always going. I'm always working. Mm-hmm. I'm not working. I'm thinking of the next day and what right. needs to be done. I mean, sleep is great, but when you're trying to get to wherever your goals are, mm-hmm. whatever level you're trying to be on, you got to be focused. Well, what's that goal that you're trying to get to? I feel like you've reached... A lot of damn goals. Like, what? what is it that Lala hasn't gotten that she's trying to get to? What is keeping you so driven and so ambitious and so go, go, go? Um, I think I just have an independent spirit. And I always, I don't want to settle. Like, I never mm-hmm. want to feel like, okay, you made it. You're where mm-hmm. you need to be. Because there's still so much more to do. So right. from the acting perspective, still want to continue to act and get more movie and TV roles and grow in my acting career. I'm producing a lot now. I just sold a show to VH1. I produced the Broadway play Eclipse. What show is sold to VH1? So it's called Gold Diggers as G-O-A-L. Ah. And it's about a lot of the Instagram girls who have become the hottest girls out right now mm-hmm. and how they're trying to turn their brands into to becoming entrepreneurs and starting businesses and stuff like that. So girls like Bernice Burgos mm-hmm. or Gracie or DJ uh, Kyra Chaos, girls mm-hmm. like that who have started as just Instagram vixens or mm-hmm. however you want to call them. And now they're trying to build businesses oh, and how okay. you can start there and turn that into a business. Is so. that what Bernice was doing with your friend and you, Kim K? Yeah, she, she in we, those Instagram pictures. Right nah, we were, now we know we're we're filming for uh, Gold Diggers, and also Amina is one of the stars of the show, who's the face of Yeezy, the clothing line. Ah, yeah. So we talked about her. It's a cool concept. So it's myself and Timberland produ- producing it mm-hmm. for uh, VH1. So we're working on that. Like I said, I had I produce a clips on Broadway, Lupita Nyong'o. Yes. So I want to continue to do some more Broadway stuff. Um, I'm acting now. You know, mm-hmm. still acting, doing a lot in that space. Um, What's like the ultimate goal? 
that you're like, goal, okay, I'm, I'm, I can sit down for a year or two now. I don't think, do I don't think I'm ever going to There gonna has to be something. I don't think so. I don't think I'm ever going to sit down because sitting down doesn't make me happy. Like yeah. not being busy doesn't make me happy. And I don't want to put myself in a space where I'm not happy. Being busy makes me happy. Being with my family, being with my son makes me happy. So it all kind of intertwines. I tried that one time uh, when I was pregnant. I was living in Denver for a little mm -hmm. while. And I just realized at that moment, not a knock to anyone, but it's just not for me. Not like, you. I cannot do it. It does. It puts me in a very bad headspace. So yeah. staying busy keeps keeps me happy, keeps me active. And I don't know. I just have so many goals. I don't. What's one ultimate one that you're like that you know that when you reach it, you're gonna just have the biggest celebration on earth. <laughs> ultimate goal when I reach it, biggest celebration on earth. Um, I really think for the production company to become a real powerful company in Hollywood uh -huh. and really get to produce content that's important to young African-American Hispanic women that makes a difference in people's lives. That's where I get the most joy from, mm -hmm. you know, the stuff I do in that space, um, taking care of Superman Anthony, who's very close to me. Mm -hmm. That's where I get the, the joy from doing that kind of stuff. So I think building the production company to do work that really affects and helps young women's lives, I would feel like, wow, it's time to, time to celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Thanks. I like that. Um, what was your very first celebrity interview? It could be back from radio. Yeah. And what? How did it go? And like, tell me everything. I, I, mine is a really crazy story, but yours, I want to hear like how you handled it and how it went and who it was. Okay, let me think. The very first one. Well, I remember in Howard. It was a long time ago, but I was working on the campus radio station for uh -huh. a little while, and I interviewed. I just remember the story. I interviewed uh, DJ quick mm -hmm. at that time but i called him something else oh my I, God. I, I don't know what i called him dj something and he was like oh i'm dj quick i'm not so and i was just so <laughs> embarrassed i was like okay maybe i need to rethink this whole thing how the hell did i get this guy's name wrong oh. like what is the chances of that right. and i was so embarrassed and i i was like i'm never gonna recover from this but i i remember that i Really, really remember that. Yeah. And then I remember when I was getting the MTV job, one of the requirements was you had to interview someone. Mm -hmm. And I called Tyrese, who to this day is a dear, dear friend of mine. Uh -huh. And I interviewed him. You just called up Tyrese? Yeah, I knew him then because I was on the radio in L.A. So That's I true. knew him okay. and I was like, I need you to come, please. And I'll, and I'll never forget this. And he came to MTV and I interviewed him for uh -huh. the casting directors and it went really well. But that was the thing. You had to interview a celebrity in front of them in so they can see like your rapport. And... Tyrese and I knocked it out the park, and definitely I would say he's a reason why I got that MTV job. Were you at his wedding? No. No. How random was that? Keep it all the way real. No, it that was random. But wait, it wasn't random. It, why is it random? Because we didn't know about you, it? It's not about, it's not about that. I knew about her. Um, but I think it's random that he never said a thing about her, and then all of a sudden we see wedding pictures. But, we see this, we see that. Right. But if, if you don't keep a secret, I keep know. a secret. But if you know him, it totally makes sense. If you know him, it totally makes sense. And I will say this. I talked to him yesterday. He is ecstatic and so happy. And as his friend, that's that's, that's what matters. And at some point we'll have. Have you met her? A real celebration. Samantha no, Lee? No, I haven't. I haven't. You don't find that odd? I find it odd. No one finds it odd. I don't find odd. it odd because I know Tyrese so well. Like Tyrese will be buying half of New York and no one will know. And he'll be like, La, come to my new building that I just bought for $50 million. <laughs> like, when did you do this? He's like, I'm building a whole production company in Atlanta, Voltron mm -hmm. Studios. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, right. what? I'm in Dubai. I've taken over. I'm like the new Dubai person. It's, it's like, so crazy. Lock, I'm staying in my house in Dubai. Why? You have a house in Dubai? Like, oh, I didn't know that. No, That's crazy. Saying, this is this is Tyrese. That's how he is. So I, I love him. I love everything about him. I just feel like if you're in love with someone, I don't. I have to introduce. You're going to meet my friends before I marry them. It's odd. I think she did meet the people that are the closest, closest to him. Mm -hmm, I think girl. so. Mm -hmm. I gotta ask Luda if he if he met her. Sure, yes. Uh, how do you pronounce his wife's name? Edoxy. Udoxy. Udoxy. But we call her Fab. I saw that. Um, mm -hmm. she hasn't met her. She said you it. You asked there. her. Well, she she <laughs> left a comment on an Instagram post. She said, "I can't wait to meet her." Oh, okay. And I was like, "Girl, you just don't understand that you just told all the business." <laughs> oh no. <laughs> anyway, um. Oh, by the way, my craziest in my craziest first interview was with Kerry Washington. Okay. It was. Seven years ago, I think, and it was on Capitol Hill. She was she's been doing that Capitol Hill thing for a very long time. And I was living in DC. I had on the worst outfit. 
I didn't even, I don't know what I thought I was doing. It was like a sundress, like go to the beach, like a beach cover up. And Car- when I tell you Carrie's the most, and I've never even talked to a celebrity on an interview level, the most just gracious. I look mm-hmm. back at that, like she really could have been like, girl, I'm not talking to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> she didn't even know what, you know, like right. and she sat and had like a 30 minute conversation with me. But I learned a huge lesson then, like not everybody's going to be that gracious and no. have your ish together. Yes. Before yes. you sit there and talk to somebody. Right. And by the way, more people won't be as gracious. You're going to find the all. Uh, opposite than than that. And that's, that's I learned that too on radio and television. Right. You know, everyone's not so gracious and everyone is in a rush. You know, everybody's in a rush. They Everybody. don't really have time to sit down and talk to so everything. They just want to get it done and get out of there. Right. Oh, that's so crazy. Okay, so what um, What kind of gave you this acting bug? We, we're, we're at MTV mm-hmm. VJing. Um, what what was that jump? Because you did Two Can Play That Game. You did like those early movies. Right. What was that jump? So in L.A. is when I started getting the acting bug because you can't live in L.A. and not get That's the acting true. bug. So I was on the radio and it just made sense to take acting classes and things like that. So I was really getting going in that space. And then I got the MTV job. And I always tell people like, hey, if opportunity presents itself, sometimes you got to veer off the course mm-hmm. to get back on the course. MTV wasn't necessarily my goal. At that point, it was acting. But acting wasn't paying any bills so I had to take mm. the MTV job and what I found with MTV it was by far one of the most amazing experiences of my life to be a part of that history of TRL and what we did every day in Times Square just yeah. flooding it with kids and the groups it was historic and to yeah. be a part of that was amazing but then coming out of MTV and trying to transition back into acting became difficult for me because people always looked at me as the MTV girl or Lala mm. from MTV and it took a long time to kind of shake that and hard, hard work, because I felt like when I was going in for these auditions, yeah, we know her, she's from MTV, and I don't think people took it as serious. And I just had to work really, really hard and start breaking down the misconceptions. And I So did. the acting thing was the more, was actually your main, your main goal almost. After radio, yeah, yeah, in LA, once I got to LA, but then MTV came and it was cool. Right. I was young to be on MTV, to be on TV every day. I said, well, at least it's TV. It might not be acting, but it's TV. And, I mean, I had a great run at MTV. I, I mm. loved it there. I still have those relationships to this day and yeah. li- lifelong friends from my MTV days. Um, so what was the big jump to production and being a producer? And what, tell Also, tell the people what that means. People don't really get it. Right. But then you start producing on Broadway. You also did off-Broadway. Mm-hmm. What's that jump? So the producing side is finding projects, identifying projects that that you like, and helping get them off the ground, whether it's from getting investors involved, getting talent involved, pitching it to networks. And Mm -hmm. I know, you know, like my VH1 show with Timberland, I knew that going into VH1, they knew I understood that world. I'm from that world. Mm -hmm. I know these girls. So I had credibility, which helped us sell the show to VH1. So a producer kind of is the connector and brings it you know, all together. So I'm just trying to go out there and identify material I love and from the acting space, find material that I can put myself in, like to continue to build my brand because the opportunities on the acting side are less and less, you know, it's not as much as it used to be. It's opening up here and there, but it's still it's still not as much as it used to be. So you have to figure out ways to create your own projects. So exactly. like my book, The Love Playbook, we're mm-hmm. turning into a movie with uh, Queen Latifah and myself producing. That. So this way then I can also act in the movie. So I just opened up you know, a lane for myself and not having to wait for someone to give me a job or wait for someone to get cast in something. You hear that initiative, guys? Yeah. You got to make your own way. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm don't. i not a fan of waiting for anyone to give You'll me an opportunity. Forever. You'll be waiting forever. And I talk about this with a lot of a lot of guests. It's, it's the whole... I don't know. You know Mitzi Miller? Yeah. Okay, so I had... I love her. Mm-hmm. We've been cool forever. So um, I had her on the podcast a few weeks ago, and we talked about how no matter how talented you are, it does not matter no. because you still have to advocate and push for yourself at right. all times. And people might look at you and say, I mean, of course she has this. Of course she has that. I mean, she's Lala Anthony. Yeah, but you see that she still has to push to get oh, advertisers yeah. and sponsors and, and investors. And I mean... It's crazy. It's crazy. And people would have no idea how hard, how hard you have to work. And yep. sometimes being Lala Anthony, because of that perception, makes it's it even negative. harder. Mm-hmm. Because people assume, oh, you got this, or it's easy, or we don't have to work with you because you have all, all this going on. So sometimes it actually makes it harder, and you have to work even harder. So, yeah. yeah, it's definitely not an easy thing, but 
I work my ass off. Oh, I, I'm well aware. <laughs> um, would you ever do Broadway as a like Broadway actress? Yes, yes, oh I would. God, what's your dream role? I would. I don't have a dream role yet, but I uh-huh. would like to do Broadway because I did off Broadway and I mm-hmm. enjoyed it. But the problem with Broadway is a lot of these jobs are a year or mm-hmm. two years. The schedules, there's no schedule crazier than a Broadway schedule. And it's the same material every day. So I think to ease my way into it, I would like where I can do like, you know how some people do three months a on limited, a show? Yeah, a limited, limited run. run. That I think would be a good like first step into Broadway. But that was also part of the reason why I decided to start producing on Broadway. I wanted to get to know that world a little bit better. And um, it's interesting. It's definitely a different world, mm-hmm. but um, very, very interesting. So have you ever been in the place, because we just talked about radio, which you, you don't do anymore mm-hmm. per se, but radio, TV, producing, acting itself, and we'll get into New Edition movie. But have you ever felt like, Okay, let me preface this by saying Sarah Silverman did this tweet the other day. Okay. And we all know she's the comedian and actress and used to date Jimmy Kimmel. So she said this tweet that's really interesting. And she said, you know, I am always busy. I'm always traveling. I always have a million shows I'm doing. And there's always a lot going on. And for this reason is why I cannot be a mother. Mm -hmm. Because I cannot, a woman cannot do it all. Uh Some people were really pissed that she said that. Some people were like, I mean, she has, and people meaning mothers were like, she has a point. I actually 100% feel her on that. Mm-hmm. Everything we just talked about that you're doing, have you ever felt that way, one, or has anybody in your life, whether it's your husband, whether it's your kid, whether it's your mom or your family, has ever sat you down like, look, I feel like I'm not getting from you. You know, I, I feel like we're not close anymore. I feel like something's slacking. Not blaming you, right. but just letting you know. I know you have 5,000 premieres to go right. to because we see on everywhere carpet. Right. But I really need you here for this. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like you've been here. Have you ever run into this problem? Of course. Who hasn't? Of course. And what Sarah Silverman said, I'm not going to say I agree completely, but I will say this. Something always suffers. Yep. Whatever suffers switches at different times. There are times where I'm just so focused on Cayenne, so focused on Mel, that the career is suffering a little bit. There are times I'm so into the career that my time with Cayenne might be suffering a little bit or my time with Mel might be suffering a little Something always suffers. There's no way that everything is at the top at all times. So it kind of just moves around. For me, I've just been blessed with such a great family system to really help me out. So I, I don't feel as guilty because if I'm not there, my mom is with him or, you know, so. But, yeah, something always suffers. You can do it all, but something will always suffer and but how do you feel about that um do you feel like it's worth it I definitely feel like it's worth it Mm. I definitely feel like it's worth it because it's what makes me happy and I definitely want to be an example to Cayenne of the kind of woman that I would want him to look up to and be with and understand that I told him yesterday it was so funny we were in the kitchen and I said he said mom are you gonna work tonight I said yeah and I said you know you gotta work to be able to support yourself and get get things and take care of yourself and he goes um well, why can't daddy just take care of everything? And, you know what? And Cheyenne's nine years old. Mom, you remember he was right there. And I said, you never want to be in a position where you rely on anyone for That's anything. True. I said, you always want to have your own and always be able to support yourself because you never know what could happen, right. you know, in the future. But it was a little lesson for a nine-year-old who just looked at it like, well, why can't daddy just take care of everything? But, you know, I was his age when I asked, I kind of asked my mom the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, because my mom's a doctor and she worked all the time right and at around 12 she became a single mom and so she was working two jobs and I did feel like she was not there for Mm -hmm. most of the time so I did ask her a couple times I mean can't so-and-so just pay child support and just we why does it have to be like this right and from a nine-year-old perspective you just want your mom yeah and do you and I know she didn't tell me at the time but I'm sure that made her feel she probably already had that mother's guilt right and that probably made her feel 10 times worse. Yeah. Like, how do you how do you even handle that? Well, I will say this. The career I've chosen, Cayenne is a part of it. So I can mm. go to set and Cayenne can come with me. That's I can true. travel and he can come with me. Not all the time, but I'm in a, it's not like I'm a doctor to where you can't bring your son in the operating yeah. room. You know, Cayenne can come and be a part of it. And I, this industry is kid friendly, which yeah. makes it great. So he's never that far out the loop of what's going on. But yeah, you feel guilty because you might not, you can't be at everything. He had practice yesterday. He had a two hour practice. Like, mom, I just really want you there. I'm like, Cayenne, I go to all your practices. I'm tired. Mom's going to use it two hours and rest and get some work done. So when you come home, my attention could be on you. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't understand that. Why can't you just come to practice? I'm like, I am. 
I am tired. I just have to do some work. And then when you come home, it'll be you and I. But I think I do find the balance with Cayenne. And he's always, I mean, he's always with me. He's always with me. He's spoiled by the fact that he's always with me. So when he's not with me, it's the biggest thing That's in the world true. because he's so used to being And he's an only child. Me. And he's an only How child. How long is that going to last, Lala? <laughs> Probably forever. <laughs> no. Probably forever. I think so. You're done? I think so. I get asked that question all the time. I think so, yeah. You know what it is? We just It's, it's just what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't think my life will allow me to time have wise. another child time-wise. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to have another kid that I can't put my all into it in time and just have a kid to hand off to a family member or, or whatever. I just can't do that. Right. So with Cayenne, we found our rhythm. He travels with myself or Mel at all times. He's with one of us, with one of us at all times. And we found what works for us, and it, and it, it works perfectly. So I, I just like how it is. Mm-hmm. And I had a really, really tough pregnancy. That's the other side of it. Like I'm sure. really, really bad. And just the thought of doing that again like makes me so scared um wait are you an only child no, no. i have a brother and two that's younger right sisters. i know about your brother duh yeah. you have two sisters younger sisters from my dad i don't think i knew about that yeah from my dad they've <laughs> never been on your reality show were they no yeah no, i didn't no. know about that they're they're young they're older now uh 11 and 13 now but Aww. yeah they're they're younger but those are my two little sisters so little Kayan can't have a little brother or sister. You grew up <laughs> he, with brothers I and know, but he has tons of cousins and friends. My house <laughs> is like romper room all day. You walk in there, there's kids running everywhere. So he's he definitely is surrounded by kid energy and love all the time. That's hilarious. Yeah. Who are his who are his best celebrity kid friends? Okay, best celebrity kid friends, future. Oh, baby Sutra. He's younger than him, but Cayenne likes to Way be Way younger. I mean he's two. Like, yeah, but Cayenne <laughs> likes to be big brother, like oh, okay. Titan. Kelly's oh, like yeah. he likes to boss them around. He also um, loves being with Jules, Solange's son. Yeah. Jules hangs out with um, him a lot. He also hangs They're out with the same age. Yeah, Kasim, Swiss's mm-hmm. um, son. I would say that. Am I missing it? That's like his the celebrity crew, I guess. But Cayenne is also a basketball player, so the majority uh-huh. of his time is spent playing basketball and then hanging I out with saw, his teammates. I saw that you missed All Star Weekend. I was because, in Portland. Yeah, you were yeah. doing the basketball tournament because right. we just talked about this the other day about parents being. Gabby Union was talking about this mm-hmm. actually. Her and Dwayne being those parents, like those right. sport parents. Oh, I'm a sport parent. Yes, and she was like, it's so much time. She was like, you know, people don't understand. Even with them being celebs, they're like, we're at every game, mm-hmm. every practice. Mm-hmm. And we go off on the kid if they're not putting in their all. Because, like, we just missed our weekend. Yes. You're going to put in your all. Oh, no. I, <laughs> I went off on Kanye in Portland, too. <laughs> Are you serious? Like, we didn't fly six hours for you to come out here and not bust your butt. You better get out there and play hard. I did not get on this flight for six hours. I missed all stars. Right. For you to just be <laughs> acting like you don't even want to be here. So, yeah, I totally get it. But I'm a sports mom to the T. I mean, after Portland, I lost my voice from yelling at the refs, Aww. yelling at the kids. But, we had a great time, Cayenne and I. And, you know, Cayenne's schedule is even crazier than Mel's schedule, which is so funny. There's more tournaments coming up. We're working on our travel now for a bunch of other places. But I would have it no other way. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah, my sister does that with my nephew, like baseball season, this and that. And she's like, girl, this baseball, we just got the calendar. My life is done. No, I, I always say my life is work and a basketball court because yeah. those are the only t- two things I see, work and a basketball court. Much. Even my mom is like, you need to lighten up and give him a break. You guys work him so hard because he practices every day. But it's He's the coaches, the isn't day. it? It's the coaches. It's, it's, too it's much. what it is. It's a lot. It's a lot. I but watch I, that Friday night psych show. It's too no, much. No, it's a lot. But I'd rather him doing that than sitting home on a video game or on yeah. a iPad all day. At least uh-huh. he's being productive and learning discipline and, and learning a lot of life skills from being mm-hmm. an athlete. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so I know that you're not doing reality TV anymore because you, last time we chatted, I think it was like a really quick back and forth. I was just like, oh, when's the when's your reality show come mm-hmm. back? You're like, nah, I want to focus on acting right. and that kind of impedes it sometimes yes um and we saw on your show even you going back and forth i think you were like in puerto rico on vacation you're like oh audition came up gotta fly fly out out. and so do you feel like because i do see that you pop up on a couple of other reality Mm -hmm. shows is that kind of the same thing or do you feel like does it like how do you feel is that is that is that something you want to continue to do or do you feel like okay i'm just supporting my friends yeah, when I do it, I'm supporting my friends. Like Kim, I'm supporting Kim when I go on the Kardashians. And I am, 
in real life, I am her friend. Yeah. So if she needs advice and wants me to come on and talk to her, then yeah, it makes sense. But to have my own reality show now, and my reality show was great. It was super successful. I, we I watched, actually liked it. Thank you. We had a great time, a great run. Five seasons is a long time for mm-hmm. any kind of show. Mm-hmm. And I stopped, I stopped it. It's not like right. we. it was over or whatever. But right. for acting, you know, it's just hard to explain to directors and casting people that, oh, I'm a reality star, but I also want to be an actress. They just don't take you seriously. And yeah. I'm not I'm not saying it's right because why can't you do it all? But in my experiences, I had to let the reality thing completely go get it. to be taken seriously in the acting space. Of course. And now I'm seeing like some of the fruits of my life. Absolutely. Are. Like this new edition movie. Yeah. Oh God, that was fun. How did you did you audition for that? Or did they call you for? They it? called me for that one. They oh, so you didn't even have to audition. Look at audition. you. <laughs> Look at where you're at. I didn't have to Look at God. Look at God. I didn't have to audition. Thank you, Jesse Collins and Chris <laughs> Robinson. I appreciate it. You did really good in that. Thank you. That very whole much. thing was just so good. Thank you. I really. I, I mean, it was. I just loved it. Everyone just loved it. It was. It was. I was just so happy to be a part of something so yeah. amazing. And for me, I was happy that people got to see me in a completely different totally light different. and really get to see some of what I can do. And you talked about Gabrielle Union, but she sent me the nicest message after. Aww. She was just like, you know, in a cast with so many people, sometimes you can just get lost. And she was like, you didn't get lost. No, you not at all. You stood out, you shined, you owned it. And as, an, as a fellow actress, I just want to let you know how great you were. And that just meant a lot for me. She's my friend, but I mean, I admire her. Yeah, and yeah, she's, yeah. she's the shit. So it was yeah. just like to hear from she Gab is. in that way just meant so much to me. Aww. Yeah, that was good. Thank you. I was like, look at Lala going off on these little boys out here. Hmm. Um, okay, so power. I know that you say we can't talk about power. You're going to get at, me fired. At least, <laughs> at the very least, just tell us how that role came about. Did so you audition for I that? I did audition for that okay. role. It came about because 50 has been a friend of mine for, I don't, for years mm-hmm. and years. And <laughs> For years. And he told me he was working on the show. And I just hounded him. Like, I got to be in this. I got to be in this. I'm relentless. And see, that's another thing about talking to young people. Like, when you want something, you have to be relentless. And by the way, she did this when she's La La Anthony. It's not like, and she knows 50 and she still had to be relentless. I was relentless. And I know him. And I remember one time his number changed. I had to call like five different, like, what's 50's new number? (laughs) Like, I was relentless. So I kept telling him I wanted to do it. And then they brought me in for an audition for a couple like different roles. And then the Lakeisha role came up and I auditioned everybody's favorite Sophista Ratchet bestie (laughs) Lakeisha Lakeisha so then I I booked the role and that's how power happened but I'm so grateful to 50 for the opportunity and I always say 50 is one of the few people I know when he says he's going to do something he really does it now he never promised me he was going to put me in it he promised to give me the opportunity to win the role and get the role for myself and it wasn't easy I went back a couple times it wasn't just like oh 50 said you're good you you got the role it wasn't like that what was your audition a sex scene Oh, no, it wasn't. Mm. It was being ratchet and going off on somebody, oh. I think. But yeah, no sex scenes. That, that, didn't, sex that didn't come no, until honey, later. <laughs> that didn't come until later. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you've talked about it at length, but I just want to say kudos to you because I definitely couldn't do it. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I'm straight, but <laughs> geez, Lala. Didn't know you had it in you, girl. That was hot. Thank um, you. Thank you. Because one, I have a huge crush on Cinque Wallace. Oh yeah, Wallace. yeah, yeah Cinque. Huge crush. It's another was, one of my. I friends. hate her for being able to do this <laughs> with him. Like I was mad at you, but still kind of turned yeah. on too. He's so great. He's on the breaks now. I know. Yeah, I just went with him to the premiere of the breaks to support him. He's a really, really great guy. Oh, he's so sexy. <laughs> okay, so Amari, did you did you get to like? Okay, when you auditioned, was Amari any part of it at all? No, no, you didn't he was smell him, touch him. But I him. see him. I see him often. You know, especially when I was rub him filming power. I, I see. Mm-hmm. I see him often. He's a great mm-hmm. guy, and to me, and I've told him this a million times. Definitely, to me, one of the most talented actors oh, of our hands generation. Down. Hands down. Uh, I think people know that. I don't know if everyone knows that. but He's when been doing this for a very, very long, long time. time. And he, when I've watched him in scenes before, it's just like I'm in awe sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I have to remind myself I'm in the scene because you get so caught up in just watching him work yeah. and how amazing it is. But he, he's just so dope. Mm. That man. <laughs> I know you probably look at him like, because I think that y'all, you and Natori both said, oh, he's like our big brother. Like almost brother. like a father in a way because yeah. he is older, but. Mm-mm. I call him bro. I'm just like, hey, bro. Like, <laughs> and I always tell him, I'm like, you know, you got these girls going crazy, but he's so humble. Going he just laughs crazy. about it. He's like, he just laughs and he's the most loyal husband and shout out to his wife, Jay. She's yeah. an amazing person. So he's like, whatever. Love. He has these two cute 
yeah. kids. Yeah, he's a good guy. Mm. Never just touched, like, just touched him. Like, what does it feel like? <laughs> I'm just dying. I need details. I've touched him before. I mean, yeah. He, like, as cut as he looks. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100% cut up. Sinqua, too. Those those guys are like. Let's talk about him. Is he single? Yeah, he's single. Do you have, do you have girls on the set? Um, No. No girls. Sinqua's like a nice guy. He's a nice guy? He's not trying to be, like, messing around with a bunch Is of girls. Is he looking for girls? I'm sure he's looking for he's someone. He's looking for a woman? Yeah, I'm sure he is. Did you give him, like, advice? Because you did write the love playbook. <laughs> did you give him advice? Yeah, I gave him advice. I think he should just enjoy life and career right now. And if that happens, cool. But he's in a space where he's focusing on his career. And I think that's the most important. If he meets Natasha, he should talk to You said that? I, I will tell him okay. that. <laughs> we'll tell him that. Just making sure. <laughs> um, okay, so love playbook. What's mm-hmm. what's next in the book world for you? So I'm... Um, Figuring out now what the third book is going to be. It's a series. So it was Love Playbook, mm-hmm. Power Playbook. Yep. So figuring out, and if anyone has ideas, definitely shoot them my way on what the mm-hmm. third series of the book should be, um, what to focus on. Because Love and Power Playbook, we covered so much. So I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out what are some of the missing pieces that people need to hear out there. And both of those books were so successful. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's hard to come back a third time and you know live up to those two. Maybe something about time management, because I mean, like, how do you balance all that? So hard. Because do you have a calendar? Like, literally, what do you do in the morning? Because I know my, I feel like I'm super overly organized, but I'm still running around like a chick with my head cut off. I always feel like that. I always feel like I'm running around. And I never goes away. I always feel like I'm running around with my head cut off. I always feel like I'm missing something. I'm forgetting something. It's just the nature of what. Do you have a calendar? You have an assistant? I do have a calendar. And I don't even have an assistant right now. I'm actually looking for an assistant. Mm. That's a whole nother thing. That's not the easiest job to fill. No. um, For various reasons. Because everybody thinks that they can do it. It looks so easy from the outside. Then they start to do the job and they're been there, done that. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, calendar and. Talking to my manager every day, okay, what's today look like? And writing things down, but also, you know, managing Cayenne's calendar yeah. as well, which to me is some of the hardest. And he's like, Mom, don't forget I have a school concert today. Or I have I'm like, okay, got to remember the, yeah. the school stuff and the concert. Um, so, yeah, it's hard. You always feel like you're missing something. Yeah. What's the best advice you can give for time management? That you really cannot get it all done in one day. Mm-hmm. And you have to be okay with that. I think mm-hmm. we put too much pressure on ourselves. Like, I got to get all this done. To me, focus on what's most important and whatever can wait, can wait. Because everything can't be done in one day, like mm-hmm. like we believe. Um, So I would just say don't put so much pressure yeah. on yourself. You look like you put a lot of pressure on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was making sure nobody back there was like, because they say this all the time. Maybe like, mm-hmm. Right. Whatever. I mean, you get it. I mean, you just feel like if you don't. I'm a girl that has, like, being Mary Jane, like, I has the Post-its right. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Anything that comes up in my mind is, D-d-d-d-d-d. I have the app for Post-its, all that. And so I feel like if I didn't get through all 50,000 Post-its, I'm a right. failure for that day. So right. yeah. that I get it, you know. Yeah, and I'm that's my thing. That. You'll you'll be your hardest critic, so you got you to gotta lighten up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I feel like Lala is beauty goals all day. Thank you. And every time you hit a red carpet, which also blows my mind because it takes me two hours to get ready for a dinner, honey. Like, I, <laughs> I don't even know how you're like at 2,000 events looking perfect. <laughs> you and J-Lo, I say that about. Thank you. Um, what, what is the most expensive beauty, whatever, that you've ever done? So, meaning like a clothing? Anything, any beauty treatment, any, like oh, okay. the most expensive, most ridiculous thing you ever did for beauty. Let me think. Most expensive, my mom's like you'll always try anything any anything new really? you'll try um and i laugh with kim about that too because like new facial new this new that yeah, new the that blood facial yeah like all, all kind of stuff um i've tried i've tried a lot of things you know just anti-cellulite treatments you know smoothing up the legs does that work the, i think anything works if you're consistent with it mm-hmm. but a one-time shot is not going to work so mm-hmm. you have to be consistent with it um and dermology, you know, stuff like that. But the truth of the matter about me, and I don't know if people know this about me, I'm really a tomboy. Really, I'm a tomboy at heart. So the getting glam and is not something I enjoy doing. I do it because I have to. But yeah. in my regular life, it's Jordans, mm-hmm. sneakers, definitely more of like a tomboy swag I have, mm-hmm. as opposed to being super girly, which is why I'm happy that I have a son, because I don't really... I'm not girly like that. So I don't take as much care of myself as I should when it comes to like 
massages or I'm going to go yeah. get a facial. I'm going to get my nails done. I do it when I have to. But if I don't, I'd rather be like running on a court with Cayenne, having fun or just put my Jordans on and walking around. Oh, well, you're a girl who could do both. Yeah. I mean, it looks effortless both ways. Thank so you. that's great. Thank you. Um, what is one beauty treatment that you still have not gotten that you want to get? That I haven't gotten whether that I it's, want to get. Whether it's surgery, whether it's beauty, whether it's, I mean, anything. Yeah, well, no, we can talk about surgery. I think that, you know, and my best friend Kelly Rowland says the same thing. Like, we don't knock it. Whatever mm -hmm. whatever makes you happy. And if it comes to a point where one day I look in the mirror and I feel like something's off, then you got to do what you got to do. Like, I, I don't knock it. And I just feel like whatever makes you happy Whatever's going to make you more confident, make you feel more beautiful. I know it's this whole thing of just like embracing who you are and loving yeah. who you are. Yes, you have to embrace who you are and love who you are. But that doesn't mean that you might not want to fix a thing or two yeah. here or there. I'm totally for it. Um, what would you fix if you had? I don't think you have anything to fix. But what um, is one thing that you're like, I, one day I'm going to go ahead and do that? Let me think. One day I'm going to go ahead and do that. I'm keeping a close eye on my boobs. I'm keeping a close Why? eye. I'm just making sure they stay they stay at at the place that gravity doesn't bring up. They're always going to I mean, well, if they drop too much then we go we going to figure that out. <laughs> but I'm just keeping a close eye. They're good now. I'm still I'm still part of the don't have to wear a bra team, which I'm happy what about. What you mean? Yeah, I don't have to wear a bra. I hate you. <laughs> but if 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 that changes, then yeah, I'm gonna lay on that. Do table you know how hard it? Picks. No, women know, but how hard it is to be more than an A cup and not have to wear a bra. I know. I'm a 36D, and you don't wear a bra. <laughs> what is that life like? <laughs> Give me that life. <laughs> let's hope that it lasts. Because if not, I'm putting it's myself on the Let's table. keep it real. It's probably not. Gonna All right, last. that's fine. Then I'm going on the table. Stop. <laughs> I'm going on the table. What, are you going to be like 85 with boobs sitting up here? Like, <laughs> they're going to have to drop at some point. And, and a tank top. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that mad at it. Right. Um, okay, so people think, and I get on people about this all the time, because I think, do you work out a lot? I do. Yeah, see, I this do. is why I don't like when people accuse people of having surgery, because don't take away the hard work that right, they do. I right. don't like that. Everybody, not everybody, a lot of people say that your ass is fake. Yes, I And I that. say, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I wasn't paying attention, but I feel like, one, she's always had ass, and I feel like I don't think it looks fake. What do you want to say to these haters? <laughs> and Listen. when we say fake, I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about injection. I'm talking about, you know, people be like, no, it's not fake. We can do a x-ray no 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 injection all that okay yeah whatever makes it fake first mm -hmm. of all again i support anyone doing whatever they want mm -hmm. to make them happy for me i'm terrified of butt shots i've heard too many like horror stories about what could go wrong and what could happen i've seen many friends and girl girls that i know that done it and look absolutely amazing mm -hmm. i'm terrified of it okay. so yes i do work out really really hard mm -hmm. and um I'm just not the person that posts workouts all the time. I just that's just not my thing because I feel like it's even more pressure. Like you've been in the gym every day. Yeah. Like you better you look be like looking, right. yeah. So I'm just not. And I just I find it funny when people post their workouts and it's like they're doing squats or they're opening their legs and it's just like wait it's what so what what are we really showing here the workout Please. or this and they never look different. Sorry. Right. So I'm not a person that posts a lot, but yeah, I do work out and I think that you know when people talk about. Okay, getting stuff done, or even I've heard everything about myself. You know, you got your your face done. This is that. The thing is that what people don't understand: ten years ago, makeup was different. Yeah, how you dress was different. Contouring things like that changed a lot everything. of things. Everything, outfits, how you dress. Now I wear jeans that I I can barely freaking stick my legs in. They so tight, right? It booty, you know, it's so many things. Well, I wear fashion over jeans. <laughs> they oh, make okay. everyone look like they got. The biggest does butt it? ever. Yes, it really does. And mm. they're not expensive. So shout out to Fashion Nova. But <laughs> my thing is that it's clothes, it's makeup, it's it's different things. I mean, all of us look at pictures from 10 years ago. We're like, what the hell were we right. thinking? It and wasn't now, flattering. It wasn't. And now so many things have changed. So it's like, oh, you got your nose done. You got this. No, I just got this great makeup artist that right. can do a mean contour. Right. You know, so I don't think people understand that. But it doesn't, that just doesn't bother me. It, it bothers me. It <laughs> doesn't bother because me. Because it's like, what's the point of working so hard if as soon as you do get snatched and everybody's like, oh, you just right. got work but done. But I, I, I don't think I care enough. Oh, that's, that's one way <laughs> to go I don't think I it. care enough. Like, if I feel good and my husband feels good about it, I'm yeah. good. What's his favorite body part on you? <laughs> I think he would say my eyes, probably. Shut up. You ask him. Yeah, I think he would say my eyes. He likes, he, yeah, I think he would say that. What's yours on him? Um, I would probably say stomach. He has a good stomach. Really? I don't think I've even 
because the thing about Mel, he never takes his shirt off, I and I'm say, always I feel like, like, I can't even picture it. What is your thing with not taking your shirt off? Because he'll have he even wears shoot. a shirt underneath his exactly. jersey always, and he'll oh have like photo shoots at the house, and they'll be like, okay, can you take your shirt off? He's like, no, <laughs> I don't know what his thing is about this taking his shirt off because his body is amazing, he has a great body, so I don't get it. But yeah, I would say like stomach area. Mm. What is a date night with you guys like? Um, could be hectic. If we go outside, it's not a date night. Oh, no. you mean, I mean yeah? If we go pump, outside, okay. it could be hectic. But we usually do movies. We love going to the movies. Love going bowling to a nice restaurant. Um, but you got to make time for date night. You know, you got to find time for yeah. date night. Otherwise, life just takes you in two completely different spaces, and then you realize, like, mm. I haven't even seen my husband in however long. So you have to make it a priority. And then also, family night is important because for Cayenne, it's important for him to see both of his parents together and experience have that experience of both of us together because his dad is on the road you know so much so it's usually cayenne and myself has he ever sat you down like and been like yo i really need you at this game like i know that you're busy and i know that you've but i'm mad that you've missed a couple games we we heard rumors about a few things but i don't really believe all that but i hear rumors too i'm sure (laughs) um what be real though like i'm always real i'm always real I know. Always. I know. And I've seen you. We, we actually talked about, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Natasha. Now, you know that's not true. And I know it's not. But has there ever been an issue where you do feel like or your husband has felt like she's too busy for me at this moment? If there was, he never said it. But I really? can possibly feel it. Okay. So I'll know when he needs some attention. He needs mm-hmm. my time. Because, again, when you're so busy, you just get lost in your world. Work and cayenne and doing this and that. And you're like, oh, my husband or Mel or whoever, you know, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He's doing always. Yeah, and he's it. not vocal like yeah. that. He's mellow is his name. He's the most <laughs> mellow. You've never heard like he's right. the quietest guy. Right. Doesn't talk unless a lot. Unless you piss him off on the court. Yeah, unless you piss him off on the court, then he's gonna go off on you. But very quiet, very laid back. So he's not gonna be vocal with I need this, I want this. So yeah. as his wife, I have to pay attention to the signs mm-hmm. and know when like okay, I need to get my ass to a couple games Aww. or something like that, or go on you know a road trip or something like that. What so. do you call him? Mel, what does he call you? La. <laughs> I was hoping, babe. For I mean, a lot babe. Everybody, fun. babe, baby, babe. I mean, the typical. But his, yeah, I call him Mel. He calls me La, but babe. And how did you know? And maybe I don't recall this in your first book. Maybe I overlooked it. What was the first? What What, what is? How did you say, okay, because you all do have an age difference and you all got married when well, he was really young. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were young too. Um, how did you know to say, you know what, he's my husband. He's going to be the father, well, is the father of my child and I want to be with him for the rest of my life. How? What was it about him that made you say that about him at that time? At that time, it was his graciousness, his humbleness, how supportive he was of me, how giving he was. He just had a great spirit and it was everything different from what I expected or heard about an athlete, which Mm. was just women, groupies, this, this, you know, that's all you heard or never get with an athlete. And I even told myself I would never date a basketball player. I would never, ever, 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 because there's so many. And I'm not going to say, and by the way, I'm not going to say they're all misconceptions because a lot of it is true. It's true. It's true. Most of it is probably true. But I felt like Mel was different and just had a really great heart. And that's what attracted me to him and what has kept me around for 12 years now. Mm, 12 years 12 years married for how long seven i cannot believe it. i remember like the wedding day i remember all this stuff like know, it was time yesterday. time is Jeez. flying flying and cayenne march 7th he'll be 10 years old which is crazy to me like it's Ugh. just everything is just going so fast wow anyway okay so last question mm-hmm. because you were you know you started off in hip-hop you know hip-hop very well i'm a hip-hop head so that brings me to my question. How do we feel about the latest beef happening right now? I, I'm going to make it easier for you because I know that maybe you don't want to piss people off. <laughs> I don't know. But Funkmaster Flex said in this interview with Fat Joe last night, he said, I think it's bad for hip hop if Nicki Minaj does not respond to Remy Ma. We all know what's going on Remy Ma and Nicki Minaj. He said, I think it's bad for hip hop and it's bad for Nicki. Do you agree with this? Or what do you feel needs to happen? Okay. I plead the fifth. (laughs) (laughs) I plead the fifth. I will say this. Both of them are my friends. Both of them are my friends. Both of them, I think, are extremely talented Mm -hmm. lyricists. Not even female lyricists. Like, they'll give any guy 
They'll kill any guy. Kill any guy. So they're both two amazing lyricists. And for me, have both been two amazing people. And that's really all I could speak of. I mean, when you have two... Think about if you had two friends. You don't want your friends beefing or going back and forth. Even if it's good for... Oh, the culture are good for hip hop. These are people I consider friends of mine. So do you I don't feel like it's really because hip hop people, do, rappers do this. I understand that. But I think, you know, it can get we know it can get to an ugly place. We know it can get super personal. So I would like to see that avoided because mm-hmm. these are two people that I care about and yeah. I think are great individuals. But, you know, as well as we all know, Remy come like we all know Remy's a rapper, like from like hardcore we know that's what she does. She spits bars. She always has. Do you agree that there is some difference between being a rapper and being rapper slash pop? Oh, I, I think Nikki's a rapper too. Like I, mm. I've heard. I mean, the what? Nikki Minaj's lyrics will fucking blow you away. Like I think they're both amazing lyricists. Little Kim as well. All of them. Yeah. Like I know many songs from the top to the bottom. All the words. Like they're just great, talented people and. I just love them so much. I, yeah. I, just, I just can't say anything because I, I just know. love them so much. And they're my friends. And I just think they're all dope in their own respective ways. They all bring something different to they the table. And I rock with them. Like, I, I'll hold each one of them down. Like, they're just dope individuals. And that's all we love, Lala. Like, <laughs> honestly, y'all, the most genuinely nice person Thank in this you. game is probably, probably you. And Thank that's you. real talk. Thank and people you. may think that you're just putting on. Mm-mm. I'm telling y'all for years, I've seen it with my own two eyes. That's how she is. And it gets annoying. Because <laughs> you're like, just talk shit about them. <laughs> Thank Tell you for you saying really that. Think. But Thank that's how she is. That. Everybody needs a best friend like Lala. Thank you. Slash Lakeisha. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> Anything you. else you want to tell the crew at the YBF? Well, all the readers? Yes, I would tell the readers, thank you. Like you said, it's been 11 years and it's been so much support. And thank you for the support and the readers for the support and just showing so much love. I know so many people act like it doesn't matter. They always act like, oh, I don't give a fuck about a blog. I don't care. You know, and they care. Know that they they care. care. They care. People Hmm. care. So thank you guys for being so supportive and and being real because it's not always going to be nice. And and you got (laughs) to know that. It's not always going to be nice. We all have It's clear who I like and who I don't like. Yeah. yeah. But even with me, like, it's not going to always be nice. Like, I'm not going to get it right every time. I'm not going to be perfect every time i'm a human being and i like that the readers understand that they'll give me shit when i when i need to get a little little shit and Mm -hmm. then they show me so much love so thank you for that thanks and thank you for being a woman about business thank you number one you know that's what i'm about and you know everything else is the icing on the cake but business is at the heart and and family and things that matter of course it's very obvious looking at you that that's what's at the heart so it's great to emulate and it's great to have that to look at so thank thank you you. thank you very much and that's all we got all right this was fun i will definitely come back and visit anytime yay this was fun bring i'll bring some friends maybe i'll bring kelly when she comes in town you know i would fall out right (laughs) she's our black barbie i'll bring her yeah she's (laughs) she's mine too the black barbie for sure i'll bring her all right thank you lala of course of course thank you thanks guys Stay with a hundred mil, big house in the hills, ice cubes on my neck. Stay where the money at, in the back, counter stacks, new bands I'm buying at. All I see is green, money all around.